Hello, Darren Alf here from BicycleTouringPro.com. While I am someone who is famous for having spent the last 21 years riding my bicycle all around the world, I've actually done a fair amount of traveling off of my bike as well. And several years ago, I traveled to the South American country of Peru and spent six months backpacking across the country. While I was there, I took dozens and dozens of buses to various cities and towns all across Peru. And so today I thought it would be fun to share some crazy bus stories from my travels in Peru. Now, the first thing you need to know about traveling by bus in Peru is that there are different types of buses that you can pay to go on. There are more expensive kind of first-class buses which are really nice. Um, they look good on the outside, they look good on the inside, they're clean, they may have a TV playing a movie or something as you're going. I even was on one of these first-class buses where we played bingo on the bus with everybody on the bus. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, so there's that sort of a bus. And then there are these real junker of buses that are way cheaper um, that a lot of the locals take to go all around the country. And so these junker buses will break down, the paint is falling off of them, the seats look like, you know, they've been on there for about a million years. Um, the ride is super bumpy and it's everything that you could think of that could possibly be wrong with a bus. The windows don't come down, there's no bathrooms. That's what these second and third class buses are kind of like in Peru. So there's the, the nice buses and these terrible buses. And when I first started traveling in Peru, I paid the extra money to go on these nice buses. I just wanted the extra uh, safety and security of being on an established bus line, you know? But as I became more comfortable in Peru, um, and as my inner cheapskate started to come out, I started to experiment with these cheaper and cheaper and cheaper buses. So as I'm on these cheaper buses, this is where the real story of traveling in Peru by bus starts to come out. Because um, one of the things that happens when you're on these cheaper buses is that the driver of the bus sometimes allows people who are not passengers to get on, on the bus and sell things to the passengers sitting on the bus. Because if you're, you're trapped on a bus for 22 hours and somebody comes on and gives you a sales pitch about why you should buy their food or this book that they happen to be selling or some clothes or, or whatever, you're much more likely to buy that item because you're kind of trapped there. You know, you got nothing better to do but to listen to this person's sales pitch. So during my six months in Peru, all sorts of people would get on the bus and they would talk in Spanish, of course, uh, to the people on the bus and try to sell them whatever they happen to be selling. Usually it was like food or something like that, but other times um, I had people selling children's books or religious books um, and, and all sorts of things. Like I said, clothing, toys for children, and, and just weird things that you would think, why in the world would anyone on this bus want to buy that? So um, I got pretty used to the fact that random strangers would sometimes jump on the bus and start selling things to the people on the bus, including myself. And uh, the bus stops and this guy gets on, actually two guys, 
and one of them goes to the end of the bus and 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 he's got like a big uh plastic black plastic trash bag and it's just like it looks like santa's sack of toys you know it's just filled with something i don't know what's in there because it's black and and then another guy jumps on the bus and he's got a machete in his hand and he's also got a a black plastic bag full of something and I had heard from other travelers and, and from reading online and reading the Lonely Planet books and stuff that it, that it was quite common actually for bandits or thieves to jump on these buses and rob the people because they're out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of Peru and, and, and there's not much you can do about it, you know, because you're trapped on this bus. So I see this guy getting on the bus with a giant machete and I'm thinking we're about to get robbed. And I'm, I'm in the very first seat on the bus in the aisle, right? And so like the guy gets on the bus and I'm, I'm the first person basically that he sees when he steps on the bus. And I'm the only white person on this whole bus too. So um, uh, he gets on, he's got this bag in one hand and a machete in the other hand. And I, I'm thinking I'm about to die, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, gonna get robbed or killed. And, and, and he's speaking Spanish uh, and my Spanish is terrible, so I have no idea what this guy is saying at first, but other people don't seem to be as scared as I am. And I realize why, when all of a sudden he reaches into the black bag and pulls out a chicken, and it's dead, it's a dead chicken, but right there in the aisle, right next to my legs, like my legs are here, and, and, and one foot away, he, he grabs the machete, and, and he's got the chicken in the other hand, and he chops off the head of the chicken right two feet away from me, you know, two inches away from me. Just chops that chicken's head off, the head goes back in the bag, and he starts serving the chicken to people on the on board the bus. He gives them a little plastic bag and wraps up the rest of the chicken in and gives them this like half alive, half dead chicken with its head cut off. I don't know why anyone would buy these things. I guess they were buying them to take home and cook or something later. But um, yeah, so the guy in the back was chopping up chickens on this bus. And you gotta remember the buses in Peru are like this, like you're going like this for 22 hours. So this guy is like chopping a machete, you know, as we're bouncing around, it was the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, it's like, I was that close to thinking I was gonna die because this guy has a machete and then whoosh, instead of hitting me, he hits the chicken. Okay, so that's my first story about crazy bus rides in Peru. My second bus story from Peru happened when I was traveling from Cusco, Peru, which is like probably the most popular tourist destination in all of Peru because that's kind of the city that you have to go to in order to get to Machu Picchu. So I'm traveling from Cusco and I'm going out to Puerto Maldonado, Puerto Maldonado, which is this tiny little town in the middle of the Amazon rainforest in Peru, kind of near the border of Brazil. So, and it's a really long ride, like 20 hours on this bus or whatever. And we're going, we're going, and, and we're way up high in the mountains. And we go all through the night and we don't stop. And there's no bathroom on, on board this bus. Eventually, everybody on the bus is so like uh, ready to, to pee or, or poop that people are stomping their feet on the ground and, and banging on the door going up to the cabin where the bus driver is. You know, they're saying, we have to stop, we need a toilet break, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so eventually the bus stops 
and we're at the top of this mountain and it's snowing outside. It's that cold and it's snowing and the ground is covered in snow. They, we stop for a minute and the bus driver says something, again in Spanish, which I can only understand as like three minutes or something. So we're going to stop for three minutes and uh, everybody just piles out of this bus. Women, children, men, you know, families, every, grandmas, everybody. And just in a line on the side of the bus, everyone is dropping their drawers, peeing, pooping, men, women, you know, like the women have these big dresses, a lot of them do. So they're, they're peeing like, and they're kind of using the dress to cover themselves up as they just pee in front of everybody. But the men are just, you know, they got their tallywhackers hanging out and, and, and I'm, I'm in there with them because I've, it's been like 16 hours since I peed. So I like run around to the back of the bus because I don't want to pee in front of like 30 people that I don't even know or 60 people that I don't even know. So I run around to the back of the bus and I, and there's no one over there. So I start pee behind the, behind the bus. And as I'm peeing, the bus starts to go and there's still like five people outside peeing and pooping on the side of the road. But the bus is going in the snow, you know, this is in the snow. And so I zip, zip my pants up really quick and I'm running after this bus along with five other people who have, are about to be left behind. And we all jump into the bus, the door is still open, and the bus driver's like, come on, andale, andale. And, uh, and we all jump in the bus, like I, I'm helping like a little old lady get back on, you know, once I get on. And then finally we sit back down you know, in our seats, and that was our rest break. It was like, it wasn't even three minutes. It was like a minute and a half, and then they were about to leave us on a snow-covered mountain. I mean, that's the kind of service that you got in Peru. So on this same exact bus ride, we were supposed to be there after like 20 hours, I think, or something like that, 18 hours or something. And in the morning, I wake up, because I was fell asleep, I wake up and I realize the bus isn't moving. So I look out the window and there's, um, we're, we're on the side of a cliff basically. There's a huge cliff off to our left hand side and another huge drop going down to a river on the right hand side. And this is like in the Amazon rainforest. And um, so we're totally stopped and I, and I see that there's a whole line of buses and trucks and cars and everybody, we're all stopped, everybody stopped. So I ask like people around me, you know, what's going on or whatever and I, discover that there's a landslide up ahead because it had been raining a whole bunch of mud and rock and everything had washed across the road and the way to Puerto Maldonado was blocked. So we were all waiting for a big excavator or something to come and clear the rocks and the debris and, and the water and mud and everything from the road so that we could get through. In the meantime, we're just stuck there. And we sit, we end up sitting there for like four or five hours, something like that, you know, and we should have already been at our destination, but we aren't. So we're sitting there and it's a cliff. There's literally just sheer cliff to the left and sheer cliff to the right, and then the road. So there's nowhere to go other than the road. And all of the people from all of these cars and trucks and buses and everything are just kind of standing out in the road or they're sitting in their bus or car or truck. And I have to go to the bathroom and frankly a lot of people had to go to the bathroom at this particular moment and I didn't just have to go number one this time I had to go to number two and there's nowhere to go because we're we're on this road the only place you can stand is on the road so I'm like I am in big trouble because there's no bathroom on the bus 
and if I have to go number two, I'm gonna have to do it on the road with like a hundred people watching me. So I end up, you know, and I'm afraid to go too far also, like I don't wanna, you know, wander off because if they clear this landslide, the bus, everyone's gonna pile back on the bus and they're just gonna go. And I had learned earlier in the trip that they would legitimately just leave you behind. So I was afraid to go too far. So I end up walking back behind the bus and I end up going like, I don't know, like a quarter mile down this road. And luckily I, I reach sort of like the end of the line where all the buses and trucks are. And I find this spot off to the right hand side, which goes down towards the river, where I can actually kind of step down the hillside just a little bit, maybe about 30 feet down the hillside. And there's like a little bush, some bushes down there or whatever. So I, I run down this hillside, 30 feet down. I drop my drawers, I do my business super quick, as quick as I possibly can. And you know, and 30 feet up the hill, there are just people walking past and I'm sure several people did see me but it wasn't like a hundred people like it would have been if I had done it just right in front of my bus. Um, but yeah, I drop my drawers, I do my thing, I run back up to the road, I sprint back to my bus to make sure I'm not gonna be left behind. The, the landslide does eventually get cleared and I do eventually make it out to the Amazon rainforest in Peru, which was honestly one of the highlights of the entire trip. But just getting there was a whole experience because of that bus ride and because of the fact that I had to pee and poop in two very extreme scenarios. You know, one at the top of the mountain in the snow and two uh, on this road where there was nowhere private to do your business. So now my third and final story from the bus rides in Peru happened in southern Peru and I'm not exactly sure what the town was called. It was a very small town that I happened to be in. And I was traveling with two German tourists that I had met along my travels, you know. Um, so the three of us were trying to get this bus from this very small town to Arequipa, which is the largest city in southern Peru. And unfortunately, by the time we got to the bus station, the one and only bus from this town to Arequipa had been sold out. All of the seats were sold out. And they said that, you know, you can buy a ticket for tomorrow, but you have to wait 24 hours in this very small town for the bus ride. And, and none of us wanted to stay in this town. There was like literally nothing to do there. So um, we were like, please, is there any way we can get on the bus? Like, we'll stand, we don't care, you know what I mean? And we had learned, because we had spent several months in Peru at this point, that many of the buses would allow you to stand in the center aisle of the bus. Now, this isn't legal per se, I don't think, in Peru, um, but many of the uh, lower class bus operators would allow you to buy a ticket and stand in the middle of the bus simply because they make more money by putting more people on the bus, right? But it's one of those things that's totally illegal. If you get caught standing in the middle, you're gonna get in trouble. And all of the people that bought a legitimate seat on the bus, you know, in actual seats, are kind of pissed off when there are people standing in the middle of the bus because those people in the middle are usually like they have their hands up over the people or on their shoulders or on their seats because they're trying to hold on and these bus rides are freaking bumpy and you end up having like this smelly person's armpit you know in front of you for the entire eight hour bus ride or whatever it happens to be so so we are at the bus station trying to get this ride and they, the person at the bus stop says, 
we can't sell you a ticket to legitimately ride on this bus. You can either wait tomorrow and go on that bus, or if you wait outside of town, outside of the, the area where the police check the buses to make sure that you know there aren't illegal riders on board, uh, we'll, we'll stop really quick and pick you up. And, and then you can jump on board and pay the bus driver at that time. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll do that, you know what I mean? So we're gonna illegally jump on this bus basically and hitch a ride back to Arequipa. And so what we end up doing is the, the three of us, myself, these two German tourists, as well as like there was some other local Peruvians. It was like an old woman and two kids and, and two other men, I think. So it was like five, yeah, five and eight. So eight people total. We all head out of town. And as we head out of town, there, there are two police officers at the gate of town who are waiting for this bus to come out so that they can check it to make sure that there are not illegal riders or, I don't know, illegal stuff, drugs or whatever, on this bus. So we go past, we walk past these police officers and, and the checkpoint that they've set up. And then we walk to the gates of town and there there's this... Uh, wall built out of stones that's about four feet tall and we go to the outside of this wall and we duck behind the wall like we're hiding you know from the police because we literally are and eventually a few minutes later this bus comes by and we see it stop up the road for the police the police are checking the bus and then it comes up towards us uh, and it slows down as it gets to this uh you know stone gate basically stone wall and it slows down just a little bit it doesn't even stop all eight of us you know the five locals and the three tourists we all run out from behind this little stone wall and we run up to the door of the bus the d bus door opens we all jump in you know there's two little kids we're like helping them get on the bus and we jump on board the bus we pay the bus driver whatever the fee was to ride back to Arequipa and then we end up standing in the middle of this bus and it was I, I'm not exaggerating. This was like the bumpiest, most windy bus ride ever. We're, we're, you know, struggling so much just to hold on and stay upright on this bus ride, and we're exhausted. Um, and I do believe it was six or eight hours. It was really long. But, um, you know, and, and so, so we, we're just glad that we made it on the bus. But my, my, one of the German friends that I had made, it was a, the woman in the group, she had bought this uh, container of milk for whatever reason, just to drink, I guess. And she put it up, you know, how there are like uh, storage spaces up above the bus, up above the seats, you know, where people put their backpacks and bags and all that kind of stuff. Well, she put this bottle of milk up above um, the seat and just had it sitting up there with our, you know, all of our stuff. and. Meanwhile, we're holding on and, and we can tell that the people on the bus are kind of angry that we're on this bus and and that, you know, we're smelly and our armpits are in their faces and we're struggling, bumping into them because we're, you know, it's such a rocky ride. So they're already pissed off at us, kind of. And then what happens is the milk somehow <laughs> explodes open, because, probably because we were up at altitude and it was just a bumpy ride or whatever. Well, the, the milk bottle explodes open and it leaks everywhere on the whole right-hand side of the bus so that 
basically milk is pouring down on top of every single person on this bus on the right hand side. And that's the end of my story. So I hope these three stories from my bus travels in Peru have entertained you. If you like this video, please do me a quick favor and hit the like button. If you're new to my channel and you'd like to see more videos like this one, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as the bell button so you're notified each and every time I publish a new video. And if you are interested in learning how to conduct your own bicycle touring adventures, make sure you head on over to my website, Bicycle Touring pro.com and pick up a copy of my best-selling book the bicycle touring blueprint this is the book that thousands of people from all around the world have used to learn how to conduct their own bicycle touring adventures so if you're interested in traveling on a bike like this one make sure you pick up a copy of the bicycle touring blueprint today thank you guys so much for watching once again I hope you enjoyed these stories I'm Darren Alf from bicycletouringpro.com and I hope to see you out on the road sometime soon.